0: everyone everyone welcome back to the mission 300 podcast i'm going to do something that no podcast host or participant is supposed to do and i'm going to tell you to pause the episode to look up some references before you continue listening but before you pause it here are the references that you need to look at and then you can resume playing this to see if you can figure out what our topic is going to be in this episode so go look at hebrews 12 verses 1 and 2 then go look at 1 Timothy 4.8. Then go look at 2 Timothy 2.4. Then go look at 1 Corinthians 9.26. Then come back and see if you have just an idea of a general, general topic of what we're going to be hitting in this episode. Now, I'm going to give you a second pause to come back. So if you looked at those references, you might have an idea of what we're going to be getting into today. But before we get to the Bible stuff, some of you may be aware... David just finished his first marathon and I'm not going to lie. It was kind of an impressive feat. So I actually want to start by David. Can you tell people what you just went through? Was it easy? Was it the easiest, simplest thing you've ever done? The training, the actual marathon itself? Give us an idea of what that was like.
1: Mm-hmm. Was it harder? Was it less hard? Did it kind of matter? The marathon was about as hard as I thought it would be surprisingly, but the training was harder, way harder than I thought it would be. Cause I didn't realize that motivation would just disintegrate at some point during the training and you just have to keep going with absolutely no motivation. You're just white knuckling every single run. And that's how it was for me. And that's also how it was for my friend. It's not just like a one person thing. My friend was also running it with me and training for it with me. And he felt the same thing. There was a lot of runs. We just didn't want to do and Yeah, especially as the mileage started to creep up a lot.
2: David, uh, question. Yeah? Do you feel like you were always, like, capable physically to do the marathon? Or do you think that you had to, like, improve your physique or physically, like, your legs? Like, I feel like after a certain point, your legs just become adjusted and you could run. Was it more mental, like the marathon? And maybe the training than physical
1: i mean there was it was pretty much 100 mental i mean if you go through the plan you're going to be able to finish the marathon um granted we did a little walk quite a bit of walking for the end of it but um there was a few points where i had to skip a few weeks out of the marathon like two weeks out of it And then I had to do one of my really long runs. I had to run 18 miles for the first time. And I didn't realize it was a really hot day out and how much that affects, but I was only able to run nine of the 18 miles and I'm reaching near the end of the marathon plan. And that was a point where I'm realizing I might not be strong enough or physically capable train this plan and it kind of scared the crap out of me and uh broke me a little bit but realizing that it was then later on i realized it was like 110 degrees out when i tried that 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 really affects your (laughs) training but even then i didn't know that and it just kind of hit like all in like i can't do this for a second and then I went and kept, and i kind of messed with the training plan to redo it as fast, as soon as possible. And then I was able to redo it, but that was definitely probably the closest breaking point where it looked like I was not taking my training seriously enough. Maybe, and I was just trying to figure out why I couldn't run the race. And was then,
0: that, was that like in the middle of your training schedule
1: or near the end? Or what was your training schedule like? okay the beginning of the training schedule was just like four there's four runs a week throughout the entire thing and these four runs three of them are shorter one of them is longer all right and then over the course of the training plan which was 18 weeks it builds up to longer and longer mileage where your long run keeps pushing yourself and it goes from like six miles then seven miles then eight miles nine miles half marathon and it just kind of keeps going until you reach the max distance you ever run through the plan which is 20 miles and so that's kind of how the plan went but the beginning was definitely easy we had all the motivation to run this marathon we were so hyped about it and then The last few weeks were like so demotivating, dreading every single next long run and like just so badly wanted it to be over with that we didn't have to continue on with the training.
3: David, how long did it take you from the start of your training? How long was your training period and how good were you at running prior to the start
1: of training? Um. The training took 18 weeks, and uh, prior to the running, I just kind of woke up, and I was like, it would be really cool if I ran a marathon. And so I just messaged a group chat if anyone would want to do it with me. And there was one runner that wanted to do it with me, and I was pretty much – I don't think I'd ever run longer than two miles before, or longer than one mile, I don't think. So that was kind of my starting point for the marathon training.
4: When you hit like that, like you were saying, like you didn't feel the motivation anymore at all. Like what was the thing that kept you going? Because I think a lot of people would probably stop at that point, honestly. And me included.
1: (laughs) Honestly, the biggest thing keeping me going was we already had the flights booked. We already had everything booked. My friend was in it with me, so if either of us go down, then we're bringing the other person with us. It's like, oh yeah, I'm not running it with you, and so you're gonna run this race no matter what. And that was pretty much the only thing. Is like I there's I couldn't get out of it, <laughs> and I guess there's also I didn't want. There was also the factor like I want to finish what I accomplished and all that because I've told everyone, yeah, I'm running a marathon, you can't drop out because it it just hurts, it hurts. So how much towards
3: the end was you just kind of keeping your word and seeing it through? And how much
1: was the motivation to say I ran a marathon? Um, I think the little ego boost was saying I ran a marathon. If that's what you're doing it for, you might not make it. I think it was mostly I'm doing this with people I, I can't give up I literally just physically can't give up we have the flights booked and everything
3: so can you kind of kind of share where where was the marathon what was it like how many people were there what time do you start what was the environment
1: like for your marathon I mean it was where it was was actually like a they had a big event with 2,000 people they had it was in southern Thailand Yeah, they they did have a lot of things, a lot of events. It was, like, the first time experiencing all this stuff, having water stations you have. And it was definitely a cool new experience. So not
3: only in the prep for the race, but what time did you have to get up to start the race?
1: 1 a.m. is when we had to wake up.
4: Nope,
1: nope, nope, nope. After all the training, that little factor kind of becomes meaningless (laughs) because it's like... The sleep depravity isn't gonna affect anything, and that's not gonna be nearly as much pain as the actual run. So how long did the actual run take then? We got I mean, we were trying to get five thirty and we got five, five hours 50. thirty minutes. Five hours thirty minutes, five and then we got five hours fifty minutes, and I think it might have been because once the sun came out, it started to get really hot. And like I said, that cut my mileage in half on my 18-miler. So it could have been the heat. It could have just been... We weren't... 18 weeks wasn't enough train Or 16 weeks, technically, wasn't enough training to get a super great time. But 5.30 was generally what we are trying to hit. I don't think we really outpaced ourselves. I mean, we found out we did, but that's what we were training for. We didn't go super fast in the beginning or anything and mess everything up. We trained. So when you're,
2: when you're, when you're going through the training process, um, it sounded like you kind of gradually start up and you work your way up to a big run. So you actually don't ever do a marathon before the marathon.
1: No, Mm-mm. the furthest you run so is it- 20 miles out of the 26. So you have a big leap after your longest run which for your first marathon you're more just trying to finish than get a good time so you're not going to run multiple marathons before your first marathon but
4: so when you hit since you the most you had run like was 20 miles before when you hit the 20 mile mark for the last six miles was there like anything that changed like the way you were thinking about it or was it just so like the same
1: thing or anything that surprised you there was a lot of I mean, we definitely, there wasn't, we never got to the point where we were going to quit halfway through the marathon or like near the end, which a lot of people have experienced and like do experience like at the end, it's like, oh, I'm going to quit. I think the fact that I was with someone and we put so much like time and money into this, it's like, we are not giving up. We are literally going to walk the last five miles, if we have to walk, five last five miles, which we, we kind of walked with a pep. <laughs> we tried our best.
3: How did it feel when you saw the guy who ran and won the marathon and his
1: speed? What What did that? What went through your head? That guy was just on another level. He was running sub five minute miles. He's literally sprinting the marathon. Jeez, like. The average person couldn't run a single lap around a track faster than that guy was running the marathon. He was crushing it. There's nothing to talk about that man. He was a different individual. He's just built different.
0: Was it his first time running a marathon? That guy?
1: Probably. Yeah, probably. Two, two and a half,
3: just under two and a half hours. He ran the marathon and we, we were able to talk to him at the end. Um, he was at the airport. So I was chatting with him and he said, Oh, it's so hot. I'll never so he's from Kenya. He goes, Yeah, this marathon's way too hot. You gotta run in cold, cold. It's it's too hot to run. And I don't know, it didn't seem at two in the morning, it wasn't that bad. He was done by he was done by five thirty in the morning. So the sun hadn't even come up yet. So,
1: yeah, we were in full direct sun, so I don't know how much that affected everything. We might have been able to run the whole thing if it wasn't.
0: Here's what I know that everyone listening wants to know, and, and myself included. What did you listen to during that entire run? You had to have listened to something. And I'm sure it was the archives of the Mission 300 podcast that you were listening to. But assuming you got through all of that, then what did you move on to? I'm going to be
1: honest, when you're running with someone, music kind of doesn't help. I mean, if you have like a speaker that you're both listening to, but we didn't listen to any music because we were just with each other. Running with someone is so much better than running on your own. I'm just saying, Hmm. even if you have music, podcasts, everything like the first half, half of it literally just felt fun. The first half of the marathon. Cause we just, we are just with each other and making jokes and you're you're running at a pace that you're able to run 20 miles in. So like, you know, for a fact, you can run 20 miles at that pace. And so we were just kind of, we, we did it pretty good. I think you not listen to anything. Although podcasts during the training kind of came in clutch, especially when we had to run treadmills or tracks, music. You got to make sure you have enough songs ready because you're going to get sick of music really quick.
0: I feel like if you just limit your playlist to like three songs that have to be on repeat, that would encourage you to run faster because you want to get it over
3: with.
1: I don't know if making it more miserable helps.
3: Back to those scripture verses though, I just think it's interesting Paul uses those as reference points to understand the kingdom of god works and what do we miss out on because we disregard sport because sometimes even in christian circles we look at sport as this escape and anything can be an escape so to say sport is an escape so is food so is sleep so is anything can become an escape but just the overall idea of the mental fortitude and what you learn and the mental disciplines. I mean, I guess I'm looking at David. If you can run a marathon and tell yourself to keep going, what else could you resist? Mm-hmm. If you could resist stopping in the middle of a marathon, what else could you resist in life? So does it not build a fortitude of resistance and perseverance towards other spiritual areas? Mm-hmm. That's my question for you is, do you think David, that there is a correlation between that? Or is that not crossed your mind yet?
1: One of the questions I asked a marathoner was, does it ever stop sucking to run? (laughs) And he didn't really have an answer for me, (laughs) which was pretty (laughs) demotivating, Um, considering that he was training for the Boston marathon, um, didn't really have an answer for me. That was just, yeah, no, it kind of, it, it still sucks the same to run. Running never gets more fun. So I guess mentally you have to just get more ready for, for the running though. I think the mental difference that's stronger like that you'll notice even more is lifting weights. Cause then you notice like the pain of hitting the last rep that you can possibly hit, it starts getting easier and easier and easier where running, it kind of gets easier to go for a long run, but it might just be cause you're acclimated to running those distances. But I don't know. I don't know if the mental thing actually made it.
0: What, what I kind of wonder is, different what what in your upbringing got you to the point to where at your age you wake up one day and you think hmm, i should run a marathon now i don't know if someone one of your parents planted that in your mind like hey david you should really run a marathon it'd probably be good for your self-esteem probably be good for you physically good for you mentally it seems like that just was something that came to you and that's not that's not something that I would think normally comes to someone who has a mindset that avoids challenge and difficult things.
1: I don't know. I think I kind of just did have a desire to do something like that would be harder. Like I've done a lot of, a lot of things that took a lot of time and effort, but I just kind of want to do something that's hard. Initially I wanted to do like a, week-long bike ride or something like that or like some long distance and i didn't want to do running i don't know how that eventually just clicked you know how about i just run a marathon i don't like running i don't know why that was the final thing i decided on which by the way you're probably gonna like running the same amount as someone who does like running in the beginning of it at the end um I don't know i I don't know how i got there i think i just wanted to do something hard and marathoning was the only feasible option at my disposal it might have been
0: you have some kind of twisted mind that you enjoy doing hard things
1: yeah that that might have a little attribution to a little bit of david goggins just a little bit sprinkled in there but Okay,
3: so now I'm going to throw the father's response into the middle of this. Back to the point of the mental discipline. Um, The fact that David doesn't like running, um, yet he still goes and does it. So my next question is real quick. Are you going to run another marathon? Maybe, maybe. So we have a maybe on this really horrible situation. So I'm going to go back to the part of what it does with the mental discipline. The willingness to go do hard things to see what you're capable of, to see what you can push yourself. And if you guys remember the last podcast, something kind of clicked. Um, with something David said in the in the podcast about wrestling with Jake, uh Jacob wrestling with God. David said, I want to see if I could be tested. So I see it as him being tested, and I want to see my what I can be tested with. There's something in us that wants to see what our capabilities are. And I just find it interesting that other areas of life where some people would not have the discipline or, you know, they just don't have the disciplines of life to overcome things. When you're being deliberate in some areas to just overcome for the sheer fact of you want to see if you can overcome it. That builds a fortitude of will, and because your will can be developed. So, I'm not trying to convert your will from your spirit of what God's doing in you, but your will needs to be strong. You could have God's spirit living in you, but you have never developed your will to do anything. It's going to be really hard to get out and do anything, you won't have the fortitude to see it through. And I, the fact that Paul references Christianity as a race. And most runners don't just go, I so love running. Now, they love something about the running. They love something about the accomplishment of it. But the, just the running itself doesn't mean that they love that part of it. That means they're willing to take on things and go down and have the perseverance and the, the all, all the characteristics we're supposed to have. So when I'm watching it, I see David in everything that he keeps pushing himself harder in, a fortitude, a longevity. He can do things longer. He can stay at something longer uh, from when he was a kid to where he is now. And he just does that. This was really something inspired by him. Um but to me, that's something different. Uh, you you're there's this development piece, but there's so many other spiritual points that came along with this. So again, I look at this whole picture of the physical and the fitness as such a good training ground for the spiritual. It doesn't take the place of the spiritual, but it is an amazing training ground of spiritual components that I think if we if we were willing to push ourselves in some of the physical fitness side of things, we would see that more. The other thing that was really profound being there is you have a couple thousand people packed into this area and they you had people that couldn't run, but they were working the lines. You had volunteers, you had pacers, you had people providing water, you had, older people, younger people, everyone was connected in the community. It was the it was really an awesome experience cuz anybody could do something for the race. You could run it, you could participate in it, you could you could do something with the race. And I just thought that was just such a really amazing experience being at this event.
4: One thing with the will and discipline and you could correct me if I'm wrong David, but it sounds like um earlier when you were talking about like does it get any easier and the guy didn't have an answer for you i wonder like with the discipline thing if it's not about the running getting easier but just you as a person getting tougher because if it's not easier every time there has to be something that keeps you going so it's like that training regimen is like each week you're increasing your mileage because your body was adjusting but also i think too you can Again, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's probably something mentally where, like, when you weren't able to finish the miles that one week, like, yes, that, like, really gave you a reality check, but it made you tougher because my guess would be, like, it's, like, something inside of you is, like, okay, we have to do this. I have to do this. And so, that some part of you had to grow past the breaking point. And so, I think that was really interesting. I think that's good for if you're listening or for me, because like life circumstances don't get easier. You just have to grow as a person. So
2: yeah, that's,
1: it does, you do kind of have to get tougher, but at the same time, You can't physically push yourself to that point unless you train to physically push yourself to that point. So you're slowly developing this mental break where miles don't feel like miles anymore. Yeah, that's true. There is, you do kind of just develop a strength. I mean, right now, if I were to run maybe six miles, a 10K, I could finish it and I'd be like, even if i ran as fast as i could so i'd be whooped at the end it's still going to be a lot easier than the first time i ran six miles and so i did dev- i developed a toughness to it where i don't even really notice the thing is it never got easier because you're increasing the miles you're increasing the amount of time you're running you're out there so it's hard to tell the if you're getting any stronger because every run feels just as difficult because they're getting longer and longer and longer. But I guess that is true for sure. It's more about mental.
0: I wonder what you guys think about this. So that just, it kind of made me remember when I was a kid and most boys, I hope you had this experience as a kid growing up where you get to stay in a hotel with your family when there's two beds, when you're a little kid And you can see if you can jump from one to the other and make it. There's something that's instilled in every boy, girls too, I'm sure, to an extent, where you want to see how far you can push yourself. Like you want to see if you make that jump. I see it with my boys every day. They want to see if they can jump over this thing from the steps. And if, if mommy's not around, they usually get to try it. They want to see how fast they can ride their bike and then slam on the brakes without falling over. They want to see how far they can physically push themselves before they hit that limit and they fall down and, and realize, okay, that's that's a limit. I can't quite do that yet. And I wonder how much of that has gotten, I guess, suppressed out of men over the years for whatever reason.
1: I'm definitely – I'm a super, super – compulsive person in that way If I'm with the right people we will be like at the supermarket and there'll be like a jug of milk. It's like, Hey, don't buy one and chug it. <laughs> so we just <laughs> do it. I'm very, I'm very, very compulsive. Like that's kind of how the marathon started. It's just a compulsive. Hey, you want to run a marathon? So,
0: well, I think that's that kind of what I'm, Looking at Hebrews 12 again, it's that let's run the race, laying aside everything that holds you down. So it's almost, it's not like, I've heard that preach from a, you know, you need to let go of these things that hold you down. These sins weigh you down. So you need to stop doing these things. But what if it's more of, man, just imagine how fast you could run if you didn't have this backpack on. Imagine how far over this cliff you could jump if you weren't holding these rocks. And that's almost like a taste of, a new level of freedom like i wonder what you could actually do without this junk
1: yeah like now it's me and my friend want to see if we can get a bit of a faster time because 550 is kind of a yeah it's a good time but it's not i mean it's a good time for the training that we put in but yeah it's like now let's see what we could if we made our diet right if we did our that kind of stuff right then it's like Castor like how weight.
0: fast could you go if you didn't have eight cheeseburgers a day
1: yeah
3: because <laughs> i know that's my daily roots, diet dude. in thailand yeah. so just for everybody to know in order to qualify for the boston marathon you got to run is it 305 three depends on your age under
1: three if you're under three.
3: basically under three hours So you're, you're, you're moving along and that's a big marathon. So think about how many people can run under three hours in a marathon. So then you got winners of that, that are running in two hours, two Oh five, you know, like obviously the time's slightly off, but just in that general area, it's a really quite remarkable. I think one thing that we could really take away from this whole experience and just listening to what David's doing is i think everyone has something that they want to go accomplish and i think we we having something under your belt that you can have some confidence in like in david's case i ran a marathon we all have something that we could say i went and accomplished this it doesn't really matter to anyone else it doesn't mean that you're now at the top of your game but you did something that you pushed a barrier within yourself and accomplished it there's confidence that is built in that and i think if you're going to practice the art of perseverance and seeing you know perseverance and patience which is a which is endurance it's not sitting around and waiting for something it's a a deliberate endurance You can't build endurance if you don't put yourself into scenarios that you're forced to endure with an outcome expected. And I think we're missing out on some development that is really huge for our life through sport, through, um, you, you could even take a musician or you could take a you know, Paul says the hardworking farmer, the soldier, the athlete, those three, those three people have to learn something. They're deliberate about it. And it's the outcome is so worth it to them. The the outcome, whatever they're trying to accomplish so they can endure all the the, in David's case, the miserable runs because of the outcome that you're looking for. And I think we need to. Just take a a new look at what would that do to my spiritual life if I were to push my physical life? And for those that say, well, our physical isn't as important, well, it's not. But the idea that you ignore it isn't smart either. Keep in mind, everything that's sinful in our life has to do with our physical body for the most part. So if we can keep that under, if we can manage that, but make it in something that we're building a life towards, I think that's just a really awesome opportunity that's in front of us. And I think that's why Paul references it as often as he does.
0: Well, and the whole, well, the body's not as important as the soul or the spirit. Okay, sure. Changing the oil in your car is not as important as putting gas in it, but see how your car runs in a few years without changing the oil ever. I don't change my oil as often as I need to or should.
4: And too, I think like from the way I'm hearing it, I could see it as like the external will be a reflection of the internal. And so if you're only focused on fixing the external and the internal's not, then it's not going to work out. But like, if you start with the internal, the external should follow. So I think maybe that's Paul's point is not necessarily like, um like hey make sure you're exer. like don't focus too much on exercising or whatever because but his point is like don't miss out on the things that like god sees or the man sees i guess too i think it's like the external will be a byproduct of the internal
0: when like like brian was saying there's such a huge aspect that organized sports plays in that i think like we've all participated in them to different different sports, different degrees. And I don't think any of us would say that we mentally felt more stagnant after a good round of basketball or a good workout or a good hike. I've never met someone that's like, man, I just go to the gym and afterwards I feel so mentally stagnant. I feel like I've been watching YouTube for an hour. My brain's just mush. Not, that's not really how it works. Your mind and everything about you feels much better after that physical activity. And then you add in the dynamic of working together with a team for a goal and having to compete and challenge yourself. It's so healthy, especially in a world that challenges less and less
1: and expects
0: less and less
1: from people. A tricky thing is Paul kind of makes a point. Like, I mean, I kind of believe he said this because during the time you had a lot of people like, I guess like Socrates and, Philosophers that kind of started making the that kind of started developing the you need to be like you need to start building a self endurance and stuff and it's good and so Paul kind of says like have nothing to do with irre- irrelevant silly myths rather train yourself in godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way. And that's true. Godliness is, if you're going to focus one thing, godliness is going to make a massive difference. And is probably in like in my case, just like simple act getting in the habit of like reading my Bible consistently and stuff that developed a stronger discipline than the running had done. I would say that godliness kind of does that more and all the benefits that you get from physical activity, you also get from being with God and practicing these things. Like for example, doing all things without grumbling and complaining was a big thing that helped me, which says in Philippians, I think, and that's something that affected me more then maybe the marathon, but Paul's still saying it's of some value. There is value to it. If you set up a morning routine where you're doing it, I mean, the benefits are so much. I mean, like it's basically a thing that you can do every day that makes you happier. It makes you more capable of doing things. It, um, pretty much every mental thing you can think of. It makes you better at work, at school, at anything. It makes you happier, it reduces anxiety. It it does everything like that. And it is a tool in your toolkit that is useful, but godliness is still the key factor. We can't get too lost on like, say for example, a David Goggins, which literally his entire life is dedicated to physical fitness because he sees the sum value that's found in physical fitness because there's a lot of value to it, but there still is a little more that you can go to. In my opinion, that's kind of how I see it, but I'm not fully developed on that idea yet.
0: Well, maybe Brian and you and Tommy can kind of weigh in on this. With the Mission 300 program, I don't think the core is let's do as much football, soccer as we can. And that way we will reach people. It like the core is, is not the sport or the physical activity. That's an Avenue.
3: And I would probably say that the sport gives them a chance to get out of their body. Like, usually when we talk, it's usually at the end after they've got done working out or midway through. And all of a sudden they'll sit there, they'll relax, they'll just talk about anything. It's like it completely opens up the atmosphere to a much more relaxed atmosphere after they've got done working out. The other thing is there's this camaraderie of battling with each other a little bit. Um, It's very well noted if you went to like... like a a boxing uh, like a boxing training center or whether it's a UFC training center, jujitsu training center, where they're always wrestling with each other and it's very intense, but there's a camaraderie that starts building on the inside of them that they'll talk. They become very close friends because of the conflict that they're being intentional with, and it's really hard to explain to an outsider what that conflict does, and it's no different than soldiers at war. When they come back from the conflict, they're closer than actual brothers, even though they're not necessarily hanging out together. There's a bond that takes place because they've done something together on on a conflicting level, I guess you could say. And I think when we add all of those components together, yeah, you don't need to do it. But I'll tell you, if you can, this is Brian's personal opinion. I think every pastor should have to coach a sport or music or something before they pastor. Because there's this, all these dynamics of people that are revealed when you're trying to put them together to accomplish something. There's something that is powerful in that. And I see sport doing it. I mean, I've coached, I've done it i've seen the benefit of it i've watched kids uh one of the biggest attraction to like boxing training and uh uh or ufc training jujitsu is fatherless kids because it becomes a family to them and i don't know what it is that is attractive about that but there's something about they get to go into that arena and they get to discover something about themselves they get to push themselves They get to bring something of themselves out in those environments, and it is just an effective tool. And so I I don't want to spiritualize that because you don't need it. There's spiritual development, but we do have to kind of take a look at a big picture here. The church world is really roughly about 57% of the church population is women, and the rest is men. The largest unreached people group inside the church world is not a nationality it is a it is boys so what has been missing within that and when i hear how paul talks even how he addresses timothy and interacts with him there's a different conversation that's almost inspiring to a young man like you're gonna go face hard things but you can do this you're capable of this, but man, get ready. It's going to come against you. And here's how you're going to stand when you go and do that. Something is, we crave that. We don't like it. It's not like you wake like David said, yeah, I don't like running. It doesn't mean you're like, oh, I really like it now. It's not that. There's something deeper that that pushes us in there. And I think we need that. I mean, there used to be a time where everybody went to war, but we're not at war. Well, we don't need gladiator arenas, right? But why is there such an attraction to watching this and to being a, a part of that? So, um, referring to sport or any activity that pushes the limits of what we can do.
0: And maybe this, um, at least in my perspective, I draw a big difference between what you're describing, which I think is godly and right versus the idol of a sport industry that we kind of have in the West here, an idolatry of like, let's say the NFL, where you as an observer, you're really a consumer just passively watching. You're not involved in the sport because I've had some conversations with people lately on the idolatry of sports in America. And it's, it's a very different idea than what I think we're talking about here and what we do in mission 300. It's not this glamorized, commercialized, for-profit thing, it's it's very different when you're talking about that. So, I mean, that's my murky disclaimer clear as mud, I hope. But, Tommy, you were about to jump in there before I so rudely interrupted you.
2: I just think it's it's spot on. I mean, sport brings out a part of you that is rarely seen, especially in men. And when I feel like when we miss that side of us, it's almost like we miss a part of our soul, our makeup of who we are. Um, I think of, what's the verse? There's a verse in like Exodus and it says, the Lord is a warrior and a warrior is he. And when you think of yourself as like being a created being from God, right? So you take on the attributes of God as a man We're warriors. We're supposed to go to war. We're supposed to fight. But we live in a culture where nothing's expected of us. We don't need to fight. Everything's given to you. You just lay down your sword and someone else will do it for you. So I think it's really interesting when someone like David takes up a fight, a mental fight, right, with going with a marathon. I mean – you're going to war with your body your mind i think that's a honorable
3: thing to do well and we got caleb too who started out with almost a month of the appalachian trail till the injury hit that's all part of that process how do you respond to it it's kind of a setback you're doing something that's like a five-month journey like start to finish it will be five like I don't know how many how many months but it's different but there's a reason why you wanted to go do that there's a reason why you wanted to take that on and it it's not to prove that you're something and I think that's a different thing if that's the reason you're doing anything there's something wrong it's like it's not an external thing that's going to validate the inside but there's something on the inside that wants to come out and it and it it happens in events like this and so i know you caleb you're retraining now again to kick off in into february or some somewhere around that time frame to redo the appalachian trail
4: yeah i think i would say like you know it's easier to look back at it now like when i heard when the injury kicked me off the trail, basically I stopped, but it was really tough. But I think looking back like now, like I definitely didn't prepare like I should have. And like on the trail, it made me realize all the things about myself that weren't true through pain and suffering. Like there was like a whole week long period where I was puking my guts out once a day, just from it being hot and, Like my body was not used to that amount of physical exercise. And I think like it humbled me in a lot of ways in the best way possible. It taught me more things about myself than I would have ever learned watching. Like, there's nothing wrong with this, but listening to a preacher talk or something like this. Like, I think um, when you guys were talking about like sport and everything. um, One thing I really remember is like one time I took this trip to Europe. And my dad, the whole time that we were in Europe, would point out how, like, every piece of, like, old Christian artwork had something to do with pain and suffering. And his whole point was, like, what are we missing today that now it's all, like, butterflies and rainbows? And I think the point is not to seek out pain and suffering just because, oh, it's like, that's, like, veil worship where the prophets are cutting themselves. But I think there is an aspect, like what you're saying, Brian, and I really learned this over the past couple months where like when there is pain and there is hard things that you have to face in life, part of you really finds out who you really are. Like in sports, when you're playing with people, there's something that like it, it like the physical activity, the pain, the stress of it reveals who you really are. Because like I could tell myself all the things before the trail that I thought it was like all this stuff. And it revealed to me areas of weakness in my life and, but it wasn't in a bad way. Like it, there wasn't like this, like me, like sure. Sometimes I was a little like, Oh darn, this 70 year old is like hiking 20 more miles than mm-hmm. me. But I think the aspects of the hard parts of it were the best parts of it looking back. And I remember even before I left, I got to talk with somebody who had done it. And he's, this guy was like, when you get on the trail, the trail will reveal all your vulnerabilities. And that's the whole point of the trail for what was what he said for himself. And I was like, yeah, sure. Like whatever. But it really does. Like, especially for that length of period of time. And like, I didn't have music. So like all my internal thoughts that maybe like in daily life, I would have been distracted from like so many different things. Anyways, I'm rambling about it, but I think like anything, like running a marathon doing the trail, you know, playing a sport with other people. Like since we're not in a time where we have war or things like that, I think it's about bringing the some forcing ourselves to do something that is challenging that pushes us to reveal to ourselves and allow God to reveal to us more of who we are. Because I think you can know all these things, but when like push comes to shove that's when you like truly know within yourself what's true and what's not and I think that's like what a lot of people are looking for is like the purpose and meaning you it's really hard to get that without the experience in the doing the tough things and I think that's like definitely not to be critical of this generation but we're lacking because you know everything is just so like instant, gratitude you have it in the moment so there's never a challenge of going after something and so almost in today's day and age you have to decide to do that for yourself like David did with running a marathon you just woke up one morning and I think you know from my experience that's instilled by life experience and people around you who like you know like I think Jason joked like your dad planted that idea in you but there is something like about having people around you who set the example for that and then like for me i think you know lots of people my family inspired me to do something that would you know make me find out who i really am in a sense in different senses you know it's not like i didn't know who i was before but there's a lot to learn so i think that's why that's one thing i love about
0: what you what you did caleb is you you could have easily just learned a lot about the trail and then come away like, hey, I, I know a lot about the trail and become a trail expert and never set foot on it yourself. But you yeah. actually, you went there, you got into the game yourself. The amount
4: of, and I'm you in a, all, you did a lot of learning and training too. But... Yeah. I'm in a Facebook group and it's funny because the amount of, like, for Appalachian through hikers and, I'll check it sometimes just to see what the updates are. But the amount of people in there who are just saying, oh, it's so awesome to hear it. I feel like I'm living it by just hearing about it from you guys. And it's like, man, you're really missing it if you're only listening to it. Like there is, like, I want to run a marathon now because David did and listening to him, I know I don't have the full understanding of what it takes. But I know like just looking at David's life, like there is so much to gain from running a marathon or doing a hard thing like he did. So I think like if you're listening to this and there's something that you've like loved watch- watching people do, like it doesn't hurt to go try it yourself. And if you fail, it's okay. You just got to keep on trying no matter what, because I failed and still trying. So
0: what, what do you mean failed?
1: Cause I don't really see anyways.
4: All down. for down keep
1: episode. getting back up yeah just the way that you kind of say how it's kind of like a test or not like a test but like you can't really see who you are until you do it it's kind of like i mean i kind of image like uh you see a really epic movie like say for example you watch like gladiator and you see the main character and you're like whoa this guy's really amazing you probably wouldn't be able to... I mean, you might be able to tell the difference, but just in day-to-day life, it's really hard to tell the difference between even if that guy was just in the normal day-to-day life and someone else. Maybe they're more willing to help people out or do things like that, but it's like, unless they you see them go through and do what they did, then it's like, you don't get to see what they... You don't get to see what makes like who they are kind of
4: like. yeah until you participate yourself you there's something where like when your body experiences that or when your mind experiences that stress it like really reveals the truth to you it's not yeah it's different
3: well i do find it interesting that the bible <laughs> references often fasting um personal disciplines this is all part of this, and it's just kind of a a way that you get to bring it out in a kind of a different environment. You're kind of choosing to do it hard. And I'm going to comment again on the failing, too, is we have everything that we, we need. Like, we have it, but you it's not that you're failing. You've just never brought it out. And I think a lot of people don't do anything. I mean, think about how many promises of Scripture, and then we'll make this another podcast at some point, but just... The promises that people disregard because, well, that didn't happen. Well, if you've never run a race before, you're never going to understand that, oh, because it takes a little more endurance. Oh, I need to just see that through. It doesn't just come like this instant potion. But David had all the capability to run a marathon. He had all the right muscles. He had all the right structure. He had everything he needed. But he couldn't run a marathon when he first started training but he had it all to run a marathon he had to do something with it and so i think i think jason you're kind of referencing that earlier is it's it, it again it's not you doing something physical or i'll be a superstar if i become this star then i'm something that's missing it. That And you, we're always going to have that problem in the world. But that idea that you went and did something and you brought out something that's on the inside of you, I think there's a real spiritual dynamic that is much more important than what we give it credence to. Don't, don't try anything if you don't want to fail, because you will. So rule number one, you'll fail. At least get on the court. I might be the guy that,
0: just flopping around on the court like a fish, but at least I'm in the game and I'm, I'm shooting the ball.
4: Yeah. I'd say this in a joking manner, half true, but get out there and fail as hard as you can, I guess. Like fall flat on your face, break your nose, whatever. I agree with that, Brian. I think you get out there and do it and you fall down and just get back up and you're not really failing anyways by doing that.
3: No, and if you know this little understanding when you're weightlifting, David's figured it out is you go till failure. The whole idea of building the muscle is going till failure. So the failure just is the point that that's the maximum capacity that you've been to before. But you can keep pushing that line out.
2: Well, I just feel like it's unfair that you guys like just personally challenge me every podcast episode and make me want to become a better person. Every time I talk with you guys, it's <laughs> actually quite annoying. I think for me, wrapping up some final thoughts is just thinking about, think about when you do the hard thing, like the first first part of your day, how much easier everything in life is. I've found that when I work out in the morning or I do something hard in the morning that I didn't want to do and I get it done, It's like, man, if you spill your coffee, who really cares? Man, you know, you get disappointed at work. It doesn't matter. And I think it's just, yeah, there's so much in that and that in those disciplines that are so important that apply spiritually as well. But my final thing is just to encourage anyone, um, just start, just do it like everyone was saying here fall flat on your face talk to anyone who's succeeded in anything and they'll tell you that the starting uh was rough so
3: you know this thought just popped in my head i'll just say this quick you could do this towards a weight loss plan rather than saying i'm going to do this weight loss plan that way i'm going to lose weight so then i'll look good which is the external thing What if you just did it just to see what you're capable of and just push the limit just just for the goal of I can discipline myself in this and forget about the weight loss. What could you do if you knew a life change had to take place and you practiced doing the discipline to get there? Just a a thought.
0: Well, thanks for sort of taking my closing thought there, Brian. Um, Appreciate that. (laughs) we're gonna wrap it up uh i want to leave two thoughts actually um kind of like what brian was saying i i keep thinking back to when i was a kid and there was just certain things that i did just for the fun of it that to see how far i could jump to see how far i could go with this to see how fast i could do this and i really really think that that kind of excitement and joy is not something just reserved for naive children that's something that can be a part of us as men in this world because i know that god has given us passions and desires and he doesn't leave us empty of those things and so think of how exciting it could be to just let yourself run after it just to see what you could do and you're gonna make mistakes like every single one of us on this podcast haven't Maybe we'll in the future one or twice. Once or twice. But with that, I want to just throw this out there to anyone listening. If you're if you're in this position where you want to do that, but it would be really nice to have someone to run with you, like David did in his marathon, that's what we're here for. Like we we're open to you guys. So just reach out to us. Let us know if you're going through something and you want someone to run with you. That's what we're here for. We actually do life um, you know throughout the week, every single day. and we need to do that in community and with with brothers around us. So I'm just saying you don't have to run alone. So we appreciate you guys listening in. Until next time, keep the faith and stay in the fight.